Grace to you and peace from God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you ever sat somewhere and listened to somebody tell a story, and it was a weird story? Or maybe it was a movie that you watched, and right right close to the beginning, it was a weird movie. No, I'm not talking about that, that movie that, you know, is normal all the way throughout, and then right at the end there's that little twist, and, and all of a sudden it makes you rethink the movie. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the one that maybe is normal for a few minutes, but then after that the rest of it just seems weird. I'll be honest, my mind goes straight to Alice in Wonderland. That's what I think of. Oh, it's normal for a few minutes, but then after that... Then after that, you really do go down the rabbit hole, the keyhole. You get the mushrooms and the growing and the shrinking, and you get the cat. What's up with the cat? The queen of hearts who has an army of cards. You have all these these crazy imagery. You have all these things that are going on. It's just a weird story. Now, part of the reason I bring this up is because As we sit and look and ponder at a couple parables today, we have to acknowledge that they are weird. We don't always do that. These are stories, these are parables that we have heard over and over again. We love the imagery of them, and sometimes we fail to realize that they're a little weird. We fail to realize that the original culture would have handled them a little bit differently than the way we do. And they see it and saw it differently than we do. It all starts, of course, with Jesus. Jesus with the tax collectors and the sinners drawing near. That's the people that, from a societal standpoint, have done something wrong. Maybe they were forced into a career that was less than desirable. In fact, tax collector is about the best job you can get after you've made a public mistake, after you've made an egregious error. And so these were sinners. These were people that had made mistakes. These were people that had truly and really messed up. And then you had the Pharisees, the church officials, those that had lived righteous lives, Those that could point to the law of God and show how they have always followed it, or at least so they thought. And so they grumbled as the tax collectors and sinners wanted to be around Christ. And he begins to tell these parables. We have two today, but in fact, there's not just two. There's actually four, four parables. We have the first two today. We're going to leap over the third one, but not really. See, I say that, but really we've already had the third one. We had it back in Lent. We sometimes call that parable the prodigal son. And so we recognize it. And then next week we'll get the fourth parable. But each parable gets a little weirder. It starts off semi-normal, but as they go on, they get a little bit weirder and a little bit weirder. And so we start today with the shepherd, the good shepherd who has a hundred sheep, but he has lost one. One has wandered off. And so what does he do? But he leaves the 99. Now that alone is already a little bit strange, but somewhat understandable. 
He has 99 sheep. He obviously doesn't want them to scatter. And so he has to find a place for them to be. And then he goes off to get the lost sheep. Again, imagery that we love. But then he gets back with the sheep. And what does he do? Well, he gathers all of his friends together. He throws a big party. And what do you do when you throw a big party? Well, you have to host. And when you have to host, you have to provide food. And this man doesn't have a lot of crops. He doesn't have a storage shed. He has sheep. And so he takes one of his animals and he creates this big party for all of his friends because he found his sheep. To say it another way, the cost of the party was at least equal, if not greater, than the fact that he went and found the sheep. It seems a little odd. It would have sounded a little odd. Now, if that wasn't clear enough, we go to the next parable. The woman with the lost coin. She loses one of her coins, and she can't find it. Now, this point was actually kind of driven home when I was in Israel, our professor there, he took a coin out and he, he, he flipped it in the air and we were in a, a rebuilt, reconstructed first century house at the time and all the doors were open and it was the middle of the day and all the sun was shining through but none of us could find the coin. We did eventually find it but it was a lot harder than what we thought and that was a brand new shiny coin. I couldn't imagine what this woman was looking for at that time. It was must have been difficult. It must have been challenging to find that coin. But yet, what does she do when she finds the coin? She invites all of her neighbors over for a grand party, a time of rejoicing. The expenditure of the party would have been greater than the coin itself. So she finds $10, and then she spends $20 trying to throw this big, great party to rejoice that she found the $10. You can see how odd this would seem. But you see, Jesus isn't speaking about how to be a shepherd, and he's not speaking about how to find a lost coin. Jesus is speaking about the kingdom of God. And sometimes the kingdom of God does things that seem a little odd to us. When a sinner repents, the kingdom of heaven rejoices. They rejoice. And it might seem a little odd at the amount that they rejoice. You might be tempted to say, well, it's just one sinner. There's so many people and there's so many sinners, but this is just the one But that's the point. As odd as it might seem, heaven rejoices when a sinner repents of their sins. And so it is that Jesus is driving home how the kingdom of heaven and how the kingdom of God is with these tax collectors and sinners. That as they repent, that if they repent, the kingdom of heaven rejoices all the more. And think about what that says to us. As we gather here this morning, we do not gather here as the most righteous. We do not gather here to talk about how we've never sinned or about how great we are. We gather here because we are sinners in need of a Savior. 
We gather here because we have sinned. We gather here in repentance, seeking the forgiveness given to us through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But imagine all the more what it also means for us as we venture outside of our doors. As we go outside of our doors and we run into other sinners. Other sinners who need a Savior. Other sinners who need the forgiveness of Jesus. And as we get the opportunity to proclaim the very Word of God to them, imagine what it must be like in heaven when even one of those people, even just one, were to repent of their sins from hearing the Word of God. And the joy and the party that would go off in heaven. And all that joy, all of it, from the sinner that repents. Not from their own strength, but from the very work of the Holy Spirit. That sinner that repents, and there is such joy in heaven. That yet one more sinner receives the free grace and the free mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What a wonderful message. But what an odd story. It's a weird story, but it's a great story. A great story of how heaven is. A great story of how our God is. That such rejoicing over one sinner. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of Christ, which passes.